So I'll tell you what, man. I've been, I've been really triggered lately by all this stuff posted about that guy with the huge neck who got arrested. Please, man. I've been... I've, <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, I'm known for having a big neck. But you, like, this is... We've talked about this. Yeah. And you're not allowed to be, like... You're not allowed to ruin this for everybody. You know, you're not I, allowed to PC up the neck guy. I'm not PCing it. I'm saying, I'm saying, lay off me. <laughs> I'm saying, lay off me. I know I have a big neck, but I'm six, I'm six three, two hundred plus. That guy was about five six, one forty five, had a neck to fit to KO spikes. He is a little man. He is a little man, <laughs> and now he's going to try to cash in on it. Oh, like, like that really good looking dude did with the modeling contract. Like, oh man, I, I remember that dude. But like, this guy just wants some of that internet money. Mm-hmm. And like the internet's moving fast. Like this is almost a dead meme, and it's just like you, you almost feel bad for the guy, like that little yodeling kid that won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're gonna see the memes reemerge in about four to six years because that's how the cycle goes, right? So, everybody, welcome back to Thieves, Rogues, and Renegades. My name is Rob North. And I am your co-host, Chris Miller, and we are doing a little bit of a redux today. We are uh, coming up on the 300th anniversary to the day. Of the death of Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard, probably the most famous pirate ever to sail. Yeah, the uh, release day is is the 300th anniversary. Mm-hmm. We're going to drop this one on November 22nd. Thanksgiving Day. So, what we decided to do, since we did sort of a going over of the 300th anniversary of the Battle of Ocracoke Inlet for our first full-length episode, we... We went through it. It was over an hour long, but we were also having some pretty serious sound issues that we've since kind of worked through. So what we want to do is we're just going to go over the battle again. Yeah, we're going to keep it pretty concise, mm-hmm. and then we're going to kind of open the floor here at the end, and we're going to talk about all the all the shit that we learned about Blackbeard in and honor what, of the man having his head cut off. And, and what he means to both of us, I think. Yeah. So to kind of get us caught up to this point, Blackbeard is now after has now had a, a kind of a whirlwind, about a year-and-a-half career as a pirate. He's become incredibly successful, one of the most successful pirates in that part of the world at that point. He's captured this huge, heavily armed ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge. He's become the absolute terror of the Caribbean. And by November 1718, he's got a massive target painted on his back. Uh, the Carolina Colony, uh, Governor Alexander Spotswood, they really, really want to get a hold of him. You know, he's blockaded Charleston Harbor, which we talked about in our previous episode. If you listen to that, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you learned a lot, specifically about Mercury. Which, <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, it's so unpleasant. It's, it still haunts me. It's but we're so move, unpleasant. <laughs> I still have that picture of the syringe. Yeah. Oh. We're still going to move past it, though. Uh, so, the authorities, you know, he's they, they really, really want him because he's blockaded Charleston He's captured a whole bunch of prizes. He's now hiding out in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And they decide to use the Royal Navy to put together a task force under the command of a fellow named Lieutenant Robert Maynard, who is the one of the officers of the HMS Pearl. They give him about uh, 60 men, two small sloops, and they make a task force to sail up into the Outer Banks to go and capture or kill Blackbeard. And that's where we're going to pick everything up. 17th of November... 1718. Maynard is given command of the two small trading sloops, the Ranger and the Jane. Uh, the Jane is under the command of Maynard. The Ranger under command of a midshipman Hyde. Uh, he's given 57 men 
sets out from the James River, reaches the edge of Ocracoke Inlet on the evening of the 21st of November, decides to wait until the morning to attack due to their unfamiliarity with the local shoals and channels, and for good reason. Have you been? Yes. It is comically small. Mm Mm-hmm. It is tiny. Like, you can see one end to the other. Yeah, it's not a big battleship no, at all. it's tiny, which must have been absolute mayhem. Yeah, you can... It's it's a, a pretty easy... From one end to the other is a pretty easy, like, par three shot. Yeah, like, the, the inlet itself is tiny. Mm-hmm. It's comically small. So, it, and that... Well, that's why they wouldn't have sent big warships after them. They wouldn't have been able to make it in. Yeah. That's why you need to use small ships. And... Did you know they... After they they took the uh, the Jane and the Ranger, they what was it? they they christened them and they they impressed them into service, so they were considered actual uh, naval ships. naval ships, so that they themselves were not uh, they did not run the risk of uh, being tried for piracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were so nervous about that one because it turns <laughs> out the uh, what were the it was the the pearl and the lime. Were the other two? Yeah, those the two were the, Royal Navy frigates. Those were the, the frigates area. that were just too big; they couldn't get mm-hmm. them in. So, so they commandeered they, these two when small they commandeered them, yeah. They made them actual naval vessels, yeah. just because. And, which leads me to believe commandeering is one thing, but this sounds a little more than yeah. Like in every action movie in the '90s, whenever a cop in New York runs up, like flies his badge, I need your car. <laughs> it sounds like it's, it was a little worse than that. Well, it's it's a way around uh, a possible problem. It's it's mm. speaks to me. Book of Rob, verse one. Know thy <laughs> loopholes. <laughs> so you're going into the Outer Banks. It's a treacherous area. Lots of shifting sandbanks. Um, they stop all traffic from entering the inlet to prevent possible warning of their presence. They post lookouts to prevent Teach's escape. At daybreak, they set sail up the channel with a small boat preceding the two sloops to take depth measurements of the channel to make sure they don't run aground. And the balance of power in this situation is definitely in Blackbeard's favor. He has familiarity with the local waters. He's in a defensive position. He can react to Maynard's movements. And most importantly, he has firepower. He's on a a sloop called the Adventure. The Adventure has eight, possibly nine cannons, maybe more swivel guns. Maynard's ships have no cannons whatsoever. They maybe have swivel guns. They definitely have small arms, but nothing really more than that. Now, what's in Maynard's favor is he has more men. He has at least 57 men. Uh, sources vary that Teach had anywhere from 19 men to 25. Um, and that what also works in Maynard's favor is he can attack from two angles. Maybe. So Maynard's ships approach. Teach's gunner, Philip Morton, fires a shot across the bow of the lead vessel as a warning. They continue to approach. They don't stop. The adventure clears for action. Teach cuts his anchor cable and turns the ship so his starboard battery is facing the enemy and they wait. Once we're within 100 yards, and this is a quote, uh, Teach and Maynard hailed each other, according to Maynard's report, saying, quote, At our first salutation, he drank damnation to me and my men, whom he styled cowardly puppies, saying he would neither give nor take quarter. And according to Captain Charles Johnson's 1724 account, Teach says, quote, Damn you for villains! Who are you? And from whence came you? The lieutenant made him answer, you may see by our colors we are no pirates. Blackbeard bid him and send his boat on board that he might see who he was. But Maynard replied thus, I cannot spare my boat, but I will come aboard of you as soon as I can with my sloop. Upon this, Blackbeard took a glass of liquor and drank to him with these words. 
Damnation seize my soul if I give you quarter or take any from you. In answer to which, Mr. Maynard told him that he expected no quarter from him, nor should he give him any. And that's when Teach fires his first broadside. Now, he's firing a raking broadside, which means the shots travel from the, the bow of the vessel straight through to the stern. And it's terrifying. He's firing double-shotted, which means he loads two cannonballs. And, and the firepower is... It's devastating. It sends splinters flying everywhere the length of the ship. You have the shot itself. May have loaded grape shot as well to sweep the decks. It and, would be an unpleasant way to go. Yeah. It would, it, be, an, it would be a really unpleasant thing to watch mm-hmm. if you were in the other boat. Because yeah. now you know that you are totally helpless. It's, a quiz, it's, it's, it. it's like a Cuisinart. It's terrible. And, yeah. and bearing in mind that these ships that he's firing upon are about the size of a city bus, maybe... It's, it's rough. Of the 24 men aboard the Ranger, 20 are dead and wounded, um, including Mr. Hyde, the commander, effectively removes the Ranger from the battle for a while. The Jane is also hit and suffers nine dead and wounded. So the Ranger falls off to starboard, but at this point, the adventure drifts aground, either from a little bit of return fire from Maynard cutting the ropes holding the jib sail in place to the four halyards, or possibly through the recoil of the cannons that actually might have pushed the ship through the water and onto a sandbank. Now, knowing that the Jane drew more water than the Adventure, Maynard anchored the Jane within 25 yards of Adventure and continues to fire with small arms. Teach, at this point, manages to get the Adventure off the sandbar and approaches the Ranger. At this point, though, there's one thing he doesn't know. He doesn't see a lot of men on board. What did they, they said he could see, like, four or five? Roughly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what he doesn't know is that Maynard has hidden half of the crew of the Ranger below deck, untouched by Teach's fire. All he sees is a few men standing exposed on the deck, thinking he now outnumbers them, he can take one of their ships, the other one has fallen off, taking these horrible casualties. He thinks this is his way to win the fight. So Teach orders his men to throw Granados, uh, Granados being the precursor to grenades, basically... Think, you know, the old Batman TV show, that giant metal bomb with the fuse on it. <laughs> Think a smaller version of that. You light the fuse, it goes off, smoke, big bang, shrapnel everywhere. It's what Bugs Bunny would have used. Exactly. <laughs> and this is a lucky moment for Maynard because if one of these Granados drops into the hatch, into the hold, where all of his men are gathered, that's it. Where these guys are packed literally like sardines because it's not a big boat. No. Yeah, that, yeah, the that fight's done. Been, that would have been really, really ugly. Yeah, the fight's done. But they stay. They manage to stay on deck. The, the Granados stay on deck. No more additional casualties are taken. Teach's men grapple with the Jane, and they board her. Uh, seeing Maynard's few men above the deck on uh, towards the stern, they move to attack. About a dozen of Teach's men jump onto the Jane. At this point, Maynard calls up his men that are below deck. So now... Teach's men are caught between Maynard's little group on the stern and all the guys that are now coming up out of the hatch. And at this point, Charles Johnson presents the most dramatic version of what happens with Teach and Maynard singling out each other for a face-to-face duel. This is where it gets very action movie. Mm -hmm. But there's so much detail in this Mm -hmm. that it may have actually happened this way. Well, because it was all based off of Maynard's published accounts Mm -hmm. of the action. Now, how true those are... We don't know, but it makes for a good story. So they exchange pistol shots. Teach misses Maynard. Maynard manages to wound Teach, and the encounter continues thus. Uh, This is from the Boston Newsletter. Maynard and Teach themselves began to fight with their swords, 
Maynard making a thrust, the point of his sword going against Teach's cartridge box and bending it to the hilt. Teach broke the guard of it and wounded Maynard's fingers but did not disable him, whereupon he jumped back, threw away his sword, and fired his pistol, which again wounded Teach. So now he's been shot twice. So you shoot a dude twice, you break your sword off, and he's still trying to murder you. Oh yeah, Teach is a big tough dude. Teach's a big tough there's yeah, there's gotta Meanwhile, be Meanwhile, he's actively being shot by other members of your crew. Mm-hmm. And stabbed by other members and of your not crew. not going down. But he's still coming for that ass. Yeah. There's got to... There's... Oh, man. I, I wish... There are a lot of times in my life where I don't want the power of mind reading. This is one of them. Because I want to know what was going through Maynard's head in that exact... Oh Bring shit me moment. my brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's the guy. And I sympathize. I really do. And so, you got... Like, there's smoke everywhere. Yeah. There's screaming wounded Screaming. Men. There's yelling. There's clashing of steel on steel. There's pistol shots going off. It was, it was an ugly business, mm-hmm. fighting on the deck of a ship. And oh, yeah. like we said, this well, is not very big. soaking the deck. There's wood splinters everywhere. Yeah. They used to put sand down on the decks of these things. Soak up the blood so you didn't slip You wouldn't it. slip in the blood. Yeah. It's, it's vicious. And this whole fight, this massive brawl, picture it taking place on the interior of a bus. Yeah. That's the square footage in which this whenever, is taking place. At a time, whenever the average man stood about 5'9", mm-hmm. Blackbeard was over 6 feet tall. Yeah. So not only is this giant man who yeah, lights you and himself I are, yeah, on fire... You and I are both from the 6'2", 6'3", range. People yeah. are saying that Blackbeard was probably about our size. Yeah, which, I mean, if, if you're talking to somebody that's 5 inches shorter than you, mm-hmm. that's quite a bit. Yeah. That's quite a bit. And Blackbeard is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah he's man, got the burning slow match in his beard. Himself he's got this whole fire. bandolier of pistols. He's got this big ass sword. He's a terrifying figure. And you're shooting him. And he's not. You just broke your sword off on him. And he's just getting mad. Yep. So as this is happening, the fight between the Royal Navy sailors and Teach's crew actually seems to be going the way of the Royal Navy. Teach's men start getting driven back probably due to the superior firepower and training of Maynard's men. Uh, and as the pirates are driven back and their casualties mount, Maynard's men finally, they actually separate Teach off from the rest of his crew. They move in to surround him, and this is where the last stand happens. So May- Teach attempts, attempts to finish off Maynard, but at this point, according to Johnson, quote, One of Maynard's men gave him a terrible wound in the neck and throat, and according to the Boston Newsletter, Demelt, this... Scottish Highlander crewman who was known to fight with a large basket-hilted claymore <laughs> just runs in and goes, I'm having hungry. you, laddie! <laughs> it's just so funny to think about these things. Yeah. Like in this tiny little ship, a basket-hilted claymore is a huge sword. It's, it's big. Yeah, I mean, these things weigh like... The one, uh, about eight, nine pounds, yeah, which is... I say, the one... The twice one, the weight of your average naval one cutlass. In, I think in... Uh, or is it? It's in the Met. They had it. It was nine and a half pounds. Yeah, it's a big sword. <laughs> it's a big sword. It's, it's not like the just... William Wallace one from Braveheart. Yeah, but it's, it's a big it's a different sword. kind of thing. Especially it's... whenever the average naval cutlass was, the blades were just a little over two feet long. Mm-hmm. They were about little... four and a half pounds. Yeah, they were fast. They were. Yeah. they weren't very They're meant ornate. for close in action. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be quick. Not this guy. No, he's big got old. this big bastard sword with his. It, it looks like a coffee pot on the end. It's all everything's real shiny. <laughs> Come on, I'm having you, you Boston. So the Boston newsletter says that quote: Demelt struck in between then with his sword and cut Teach's face pretty much. That's my favorite quote from the whole thing. Is that he cut his face pretty much? Yeah. 
<laughs> sliced his fucking head open. That's that's what that means. <laughs> that's exactly what it means. But going back to Charles Johnson, quote, Peach stood his ground and fought with great fury till he received five and twenty wounds, five of them by shot. <laughs> so, and in largely unmelodramatic un- terms, quote, at length he was, as he was cocking his pistol, having fired several times before, he fell down dead. So, he's been... <laughs> He's been shot five times. He's been stabbed or slashed 20 times with swords, boring hatchets, boarding pikes. Could be anything. And the one guy, it was the, the guy with the big bastard claymore had cut him from, like, ear to throat. Yeah. <laughs> like, almost took his head off. Well, it <laughs> like, probably, probably cut through all the muscles of his shoulder, mm-hmm. through his collarbone, maybe even so far as down into his left lung. It's... Oof. So and it, that wasn't the part that killed him. Huh. Like he kept fighting, and then he tried he to finally shoot. just dropped. He from tried to loss. shoot someone with a gun. He already just shot someone with, yeah. and then died. And then down <laughs> he went. So to quote the um, <laughs> best quote from the Boston Newsletter: "Quote one of Maynard's men, being a Highlander, engaged Teach with his broadsword, who gave Teach a cut about the neck. Teach saying, quote, "Well done, lad.'" The Highlander replied. If it be not well done, I'll do it better. With that, he gave him a second stroke, which cut off his head, laying it flat on his shoulder. And so died Edward Teach. <laughs> so, <laughs> at this point in the battle... <laughs> it's just... It's like if Michael Bay directed this. Yeah. Like, if, like it's Everybody was, like, doing karate and shit, and everything's in slow motion, and there's, like... Explosions that nobody's a, looking at. Nobody's it's, looking at the explosions, yeah. and there's, like, a, a big brassy score in the background. Optimus Prime. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's... At this point in the battle, eight of Teach's 14 crewmates that joined him in boarding the Jane had been killed or seriously wounded, and the remainder surrendered. By this time, Ranger had recovered from the devastating breaking broadside that she'd received. This is my favorite part, where the Ranger comes in for support. It's like, two dudes left. How the hell did they get it there? There was no wind. The boats, the the Ranger was operating under oars at the time. Well, because it says how many men were killed and wounded. We don't know how many of the wounded were still able to do something. It's just like like a disembodied arm, like just just kind of swimming alongside, helping them out. Ow! Ow! (laughs) <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, finally now the ranger shows up and moves up to the adventure's unengaged side, boards the pirate vessel, and forces the surrender of the few remaining crewmen on board the ra- on board the adventure. And actually, in a final tragic moment of the battle, one of the ranger's crew, who had survived that terrible broadside, is shot and killed by a member of the Jane's crew who mistakes him for a pirate. Yeah, I thought it was a pirate. That's, he, he was. Oh, that sucks. That's a bummer. That sucks so that much. That sucks. <laughs> and so we have another bizarre part of the finale. And that's that a member of Teach's crew, a freed slave known as Black Caesar, was still below deck on the adventure with orders to blow up the powder store should the ship fall into the hands of the enemy. Now, if he had succeeded... Chances are that all three of the vessels would have been obliterated, blown mm-hmm. apart, sink to the bottom of the channel, and most, if not all, of the surviving men killed. The powder store would have been pretty substantial. For yeah. They said that the adventure could have had anywhere from 8 to 10 cannon. Mm-hmm. That's a, you carry a lot of powder. Yeah, that's at least a couple guns. of good-sized barrels of powder. Mm-hmm. And on a very small vessel. On a very a, small vessel, and a, that carries a lot of explosive what, I mean, 35 powder. 35 tons, which sounds like a lot. 
That's like a 35-foot bow. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not big. Yeah. To have... probably, yeah, the adventure was probably about 55 feet long. Yeah. 55 feet long. And, and, and he's actually stopped by a pair of merchant sailors from a trading vessel that there was a party on the beach the night before. And these two guys had come aboard the adventure to spend the night. And just woke up. They the, woke up under the sounds attack of, of, of cannon fire, which doesn't help the hangover. The, these two dudes just forest gumped their way yeah, into history. They really did. <laughs> uh, so after the fight's over, finally time to tally the final butcher's bill. And so in a letter three weeks uh, written three weeks after the action, Maynard claims he has eight men killed and eighteen wounded. Um, from the Jane alone. Uh, from the uh, the ranger, and a total of fourteen killed and twenty two wounded is claimed by Governor Spotswood. This is out of fifty eight men. This is a sixty three percent casualty rate. Yeah, I mean it's it's horrendous. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's so many dudes. Mm-hmm. So Maynard remains off Ocracoke for two more days. He's patching up his sloops. He's tending his wounded. He's burying his dead on shore. He fully removes Teach's head from his body and dumps the, the body overboard. Now, legend claims that after it was dumped in the water, Teach's headless body swam around the Jane several times before disappearing beneath the water. Uh, and the three ships then make their way back to Bath, North Carolina, with Teach's head hanging from the bowsprit. Uh, six of Teach's men rounded up in Bath or joined, uh, joined their comrades captured at Ocracoke. Taken to Virginia for trial. Uh, 16 men stand trial for their lives. 14 are found guilty and meet the hangman's noose. So, um... Those are still pretty good odds. Yeah. You, you would have thought they all they all kind of would have gone. Well, including that were the two merchant sailors found on board the ship. But they, it says it teaches crew. Mm-hmm. I don't... Did, did they count those guys? Probably. Yeah. So because the number... If, the if we go by the, well, if we go by the number of 19... Of teaches of the of the crew of the adventure. Yeah, you have nineteen men minus casualties plus these two guys plus the men captured in Bath. That leaves you with sixteen. This is in in a time whenever like an admiralty court is not it's it's not a criminal defense case. No. Whenever you go to an admiralty court, they're basically just letting you know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a jury or anything, and if you were. You know, assumed to be a pirate, you better make one compelling. Uh, but these case. men were not convicted in an admiralty court. This was an admiralty. No, this was the governor of Virginia. Oh, that's right. This was court. Spotswood, and this actually, and, and we should probably do a Spotswood one because mm-hmm. this this kind of marks the end of Spotswood's career. He was removed in 1722. Yeah. Whenever it turns out the dude was corrupt as shit, he was just a lunatic. Well, there was the, all that back and forth between. Um, he had a pissing contest with Charles Eden. Charles Eden. Big Buck yeah. Chuck. Big Buck Chuck. But, uh... So, all that's left to really do is calculate the prize money. You know. Uh, Spotswood's men, and, and Governor Spotswood himself, takes the value of the adventure and everything found on it, which ends up being about a half a million bucks today. Mm-hmm. Um, most of this is taken by Spotswood to cover the cost of, cover the cost of the operation, and the rest goes directly into his purse. Maynard's men get about 400 pounds in prize money, about $85,000 today, but it's shared amongst the crew of both of the ships that they were, that, that they had been pulled from. So you have about 40 surviving men from this operation that actually take part, but the prize money is then shared amongst 
300, 350, 400 yeah. Royal Navy sailors because Imagine of the way being that being one of those dudes. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would piss me off. Yeah, like if you were if you were one of the ones that actually went and squared up with Blackbeard and the other guys, there just wasn't enough room for him. Yeah, so you stayed in the frigate. Yeah, so that uh, that wraps up the story of the Battle of Ocracoke Inlet, November twenty second, seventeen eighteen, three hundred years ago. This Thursday is considered to be the end date of the Golden Age of Piracy. Yeah, it's it's today if you're listening to it on the drop. Mm-hmm. Man, this was something else. I and I like I, I kind of want to take this moment to sum up everything I kind of learned about Blackbeard's career uh, since we started this podcast until now. And I think I can do that in two words. And it's holy shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Well, and if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know, you know that we've done two full episodes covering kind of the biography of Blackbeard in the Cliff's Notes version mm-hmm. and the battle before. Of course re-recording because of sound issues and then our last episode and we're re-recording because damn it it's just so good yeah and we are on the 300th anniversary on the day pretty much so why not and of his possibly his greatest act which was blockading a major American port would his greatest act have been getting away from Maynard would that have been his best that is a big what if question because it was close. It was. It was. A it close was run so thing. impossibly close. I don't know if it would have been his greatest act, but it definitely, definitely, definitely would have added to his legend. Mm-hmm. As legendary as he already is, if he had been able to defeat a Royal Navy task force sent to capture him, which tended not to happen very much. No. Yeah, they it, didn't. They didn't have the best luck mm-hmm. with catching Blackbeard, and they tried for eighteen months. Well, normally when the Royal Navy would go up against pirates, they would win. Right. If if Blackbeard had escaped, if he had either gotten the adventure out of the inlet and sailed off or escaped over land or whatever he was able to do. They had the intel on Blackbeard yeah. that, that Maynard had wasn't great. I'm not sure that there was any way that they would have known that he didn't have the Queen Anne's revenge. I think they probably had somebody on the inside. You would want to know I that. Think, Could well, you imagine trying well, because, to take two sloops and finding that big son of a bitch? Well, yeah, the but, I think, gun but I think they knew that the Queen Anne's Revenge was no longer in play. Okay. Here's why. Hot take. That you have a whole bunch of teaches former sailors in Bath, North Carolina. Mm. The capital of the Carolina colony at this point. Right. The capital of North Carolina at this point. I think one of them might have been paid off, given intelligence in return for coin... Maybe he was disenchanted because he wasn't one of the Teach had, dudes. Because, yeah, went. because Teach had a flotilla, and they break up, and Teach maroons a whole bunch of guys, and quite a few of them end up back in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is get one of these disgruntled guys to give you the right piece of intel, and yeah. So I think they already. I think they probably knew. You would have to. Oh yeah, you almost would have to. almost assuredly. Could you imagine like running headlong into that thing? Well, and if. You know the, the, the Queen Anne's Revenge the Queen doesn't Anne's Revenge exactly blend in. Yeah, it it's a forty-gun ship. It's enormous. It stands out. If that thing hits a sandbar, breaks its keel, and is abandoned, even somebody who sees that that could make its way back. To if Maynard had had tried to engage that in the Pearl, he would have had his hands full. Oh yeah, both of these frigates. Well, we talked about that. That that was possibly one of the goals of the. Um, Blockade, Blockade of Charleston, Charleston was to bring out a major Royal Navy warship. They used the firepower of 
that flotilla and their advantage in men and their advantage in number of ships to capture a Royal Navy frigate. That might have been Teach's greatest act if he'd, if he'd carried that out. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's learning what we've learned about Teach and what a figure he was. There's, the thing that blows my mind is, of course, his piracy career was a year and a half. Yeah, pretty, from when he had the Queen Anne's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, about a spring, year and a half. Well, spring 17, from when he set out from New Providence, spring of 1717 to November of 1718. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You know, he. You'd see this, like, the, the edges are softened the more you read. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he torched a lot of boats. He, he he captured quite a few vessels, but he ne- there's no record anywhere of him ever using violence on on a captive or anything like. Yeah. There's no there's no record of it. The guy didn't kill any there's, prisoners. There's the use of violence to shock crews into giving up, and I'm sure at that point they must have inflicted casualties. But like in combat, but, yeah. yes. But, but once but, they had these vessels in their power, yeah, there's no record of them killing a captive. Mm-hmm. Significantly torturing a captive. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant being around these guys, but yeah, he was not. He was not the murderous psychopath that a lot of of the bulk of the, the prizes that he makes took. Out to be. He didn't fire a shot. He didn't have to. No. He because didn't have of to. this, because of the the image that he played up. Because there's this giant man with a beard to his belly well, button. Do, do you want me to read the quote again? Yeah, I can find it here about his appearance. Uh, this is from again from Charles Johnson. Quote So our hero, Captain Teach, our hero <laughs> right. assumed the cognomen of Blackbeard from that large quantity of hair which, like a frightful meteor, covered his whole face and frightened America more than any comet that has appeared there in a long time. This beard was black, which he suffered to grow of an extravagant length. As to breadth, it came up to his eyes. He was accustomed to twist it with ribbons in small tails after the manner of our Ramilly's wigs and turn them about his ears. And to quote, and, and to continue a little further in the passage, quote, such a figure that imagination cannot form an idea of a fury from hell to look more frightful. Teach was tall with broad shoulders. He wore a knee-length he wore knee-length boots and dark clothing, topped with a wide hat, and sometimes a long coat of brightly colored silk or velvet, and wearing in battle, quote, a sling over his shoulders with three brace of pistols, that's six pistols, hanging in holsters like bandoliers, and stuck lighted matches under his hat, the latter to emphasize the fearsome appearance he wished to present to his enemies, end quote. He's walking around with the... With half a dozen pistols, the 1718 version of a submachine gun. Mm-hmm. He's got a big sword, big beard. He, he smells like black powder. He smells like sulfur because that's got the smell a bunch of, of little match. red ribbons in his beard. Dude's Damn. a badass. Looking fresh to death, baby. Dude's a badass. So yeah, that's. I think we are going to leave Blackbeard alone for a while now that we've recorded this episode. But given that our original biography on him was. Sort of the, like I said, the, the quick and dirty version. Mm-hmm. I think at some point down the road, this is going to be quite a while from now. It could be a couple years. Who knows? Yeah. We're probably going to do a multi-part biography. It's a tough one, too, because so much of his life is is hearsay and conjecture. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. 
a lot of the well, stuff that's we deal we with in pirates because we have to present all the different viewpoints. Yeah, a lot of the stuff we find on pirates, we have to sift through quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We can read three books and ten articles on the same event, like this one, for example. Um, they're probably telling ten different. Yeah, ten, like, it's a lot of the stuff is from correspondence. It is, yeah. So a lot of a lot of things can be official records, news sheets, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like uh, did Blackbeard fight Robert Maynard? Probably. Yeah, probably. I can definitely see that happen. Yeah, it, it makes the most sense. Like I, I don't know for a fact that he did, well, and we'll Robert never Maynard, know for a fact if he did. And Robert Maynard is a Royal Navy officer. He's looking to gain fame. He has every reason to actually charge into combat and challenge Teach. Mm-hmm. Now he almost gets killed for it. A lot of people almost got killed for it. Yeah, but um, it, you're really never going to have a better chance than that. Nope. Especially because you you gave Blackbeard the old rope a dope, mm-hmm. and they came pouring over the side, and <laughs> you still got 25 yeah. dudes hiding in the basement. Brilliant piece of tactics, though. Yeah, really is. Really it's it's very on Blackbeard for him to get caught in mm-hmm. something like that. The dude was was very yeah. good at sniffing well, out. Yeah, the traps. Maynard was a canny guy. Mm-hmm. Maynard was a canny guy, and it's actually because you know he stayed on for, in in the Royal Navy for quite a long time after this. You know, he achieved the rank of captain. He commanded a ship of the line. Eventually, died an old man in his bed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was he was a smart smart. Yeah, not dude. a lot of people that cross swords with a pirate can say they died in their bed. Mm-hmm. Well, at an old age, they may have old age. died in a bed from wounds, <laughs> wounds. sustained. From <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to wrap up our story about the 300th anniversary of the Battle of Ocracoke Inlet. So, uh, we're going to put out, hopefully in the next couple days, our next episode that we talked about earlier. Sort of the facts versus fiction argument about how pirate ships are seen in film and TV and how most of it is dead wrong. Yeah, there are a couple examples where it's not, but yeah, it's pretty much dead wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, we'll talk about some of the exceptions to the rule and those are kind of the ones that have gone down in in legend. Yeah. But uh yeah, it turns out uh most of it's bullshit. That's going to be fun. That's going to be more of a free-form discussion. We, we look forward to doing that. Right. Um, you can find us on all the major podcasting platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. And, Chris, where can they find us on social media? If you want to find us on social media, an easy way to get in touch with us is on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at PodcastTRR. We'd love to hear from you there. Uh, if you're into the whole Facebook thing, you can find us at Thieves, Rogues, and Renegades. That's also where you can find our YouTube channel, where we mm-hmm. do put up some of the uh, some of the videos. Or I'm sorry, uh, I guess it's technically a video, mm-hmm. but it, you can find all the audio recordings on YouTube of all the episodes that we put up. Also, a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, and yeah, uh, seeing, what, pretty, seeing what we actually look like. There's a pretty great video of me making fun of Rob for losing a bet. I'm still uh, upset still about up that. There. Still upset about you that. You guys should probably go check that one out. Tell Rob what you think. Drop yeah. a comment on that one. Maybe share it. Tag him on Facebook. Appreciate that, man. Uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking of social media, you can find me on Instagram at Meatneck. You can find me uh, so, <laughs> me Meatneck, not the guy in the mugshot. Not, not that dude. Not that dude. You can find me on Instagram at Meatneck. You can find me on Twitter at Meatneck Two. Uh, you can find me and uh, Jack, our canine outreach specialist, uh, on Instagram. At Nightlife Commando. Or if you want to talk to me on Twitter, I run the Renegades of the Rotunda account at PGH Renegades. I'd like to hear from you there, too. Of course. And you can also email us 
at um, we are trrpod at gmail.com trrpod at gmail.com we would love to hear from you uh, ideas about episodes and who knows maybe even you can teach us a thing or two yeah maybe we'll bring you into the old kitchen yeah we'll, we'll, we'll bring you in studio and you could teach us a little bit maybe special thanks to our friends the bloody seamen Pittsburgh's premier purveyors of pirate punk for the use of their songs at the beginning and end of the show go on iTunes Check out their albums. They're great. Buy them. Go on Bandcamp and send them a couple Go bucks. Go on Bandcamp. Yeah. They're they're very, very good. They're a lot of fun. Uh, and coming up on Wednesday, December 5th, we have one of our favorite nights of the year. We have Kampusnacht. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Krampus Night. We went last year. It was an absolute blast. Chris and I are both going to be there this year listening to our friends in Slayer play their renditions of some uh, popular Christmas tunes. Do you get it? Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, we're going to be there watching the show, doing a little marching and capering, which is always a good time, wearing silly costumes, and then, of course, hitting the bars and having a fun Wednesday night and a regrettable Thursday. Speaking of regrettable Thursdays, everybody, please have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy your food. Give thanks to all the things that are worth giving thanks for. Like our podcast. Like our podcast. And the bloody mm-hmm. scene. Maybe tell your family. Maybe play an episode. Just <laughs> yeah, not around fire off children. an episode during dinner and see what they think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the one uh, Especially the one about how they would fight syphilis. That's great to play during a meal. You could save someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> your urethral syringes with mercury. Enjoy the pumpkin pie. There you go. Bottoms up. Yeah. Bottoms up. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and until next time, hold fast.